Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Can you hear me? The Bible says you are blessed if you are persecuted and the kingdom of heaven belongs to you. This is unusual teaching, man. How many times have you been taught that when you are going through persecution and trials and tribulations, that it means that God has abandoned you? God doesn't abandon his children. God does not abandon his children. Ever since I was young, I am getting old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken. Pay attention to the word, the righteous. Nor his seed beg for bread. There are certain guarantees. There are certain benefits. There are certain, uh, what you say, rights. Of a righteous person. Righteousness is a religious word. Yes. No it's not. Righteousness is not a religious word. It's a legal word. Just like justification. Justification. Righteousness is a legal word. It means to be right. It means to be in right standing. Now. Jesus said, if you are persecuted because of righteousness, you are blessed. <laughs> and your inheritance is the kingdom of heaven. What does it mean to be persecuted because of righteousness? What does it mean? First of all, we have to understand the meaning of the word righteousness. It is not a religious word. If you hear righteousness... It doesn't mean, oh, you're spiritual. No. It doesn't mean, oh, you're holy. It is closely related, but it doesn't mean holy. Righteousness simply means to be right, to be in right standing. Now, when the scripture says to be persecuted because of righteousness, what does it mean to be righteous? What does it mean to be righteous? The book of Romans chapter 4 verse 7 says, Blessed are those who are forgiven their transgressions and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord will never count against them. Wow. Blessed are those whose transgressions are forgiven whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord will never count against them. It's a lot of blessing here. What does it mean to be righteous? Anyone who is righteous is right and in right standing before God. And the scripture says there are some people Whose transgressions that would have condemned them. Whose sins that would have disqualified them. There's those people that they have been covered. And the Lord will never count it against them. Why? Why would the Lord not count somebody's transgression against him? 
Why? Because of righteousness. Let us look at the preceding verse of this Romans chapter 4 to understand why some people's sins are not counted against them. Let me read from verse 1. It says, What then shall we say that Abraham, our forefather, according to the flesh, discovered in this matter? If, in fact, Abraham was justified by works, now, the word justification is a legal term as well. A man who is justified is declared righteous. So these two words work hand in hand. In the court of law, if you bring a guilty person before the judge and the punishment for the uh, sin this guilty person committed, or offense this guilty person committed if the punishment is death. But if the law says another person can pay for the debt or the or the wages or the punishment of this person, and if in that instant that person who was guilty was condemned to death, and another person says, I'll die for him, I'll take his place. There's provisions like that in the law. And this other person comes and says, you know what? You go free while I bear your punishment, which is death. And this other person is killed in place of that person. So that man who, who was delivered from that death is being justified. That is the meaning of justification. To be declared righteous. To be declared free. To be declared what? Free of the consequences. You're justified means you have been declared righteous. So therefore, no condemnation shall come upon you. Now, Romans chapter 4. If in fact Abraham was justified by works, he had something to boast about. But not before God. What does the scripture say? Abraham believed God. And it was credited to him as righteousness. Wow. Abraham believed God. And it was credited to him as righteousness. What does it mean to be righteous? Faith. Faith. Righteousness means to be declared right. And the righteousness comes by faith. Which is believing God. Which is what? Believing God. Look at what it says. What does the scripture say? Abraham believed God. And it was credited to him as righteousness. His belief in God was equated with righteousness. Not his works. But his belief. It says, if Abraham was justified by works, then he has something to boast about. Which means, your righteousness, or the righteousness that we speak of here, the righteousness that declares a man free and justified, doesn't come by your works. It comes by faith. Verse 4, now to the one who works, wages are not credited as a gift but as an obligation. 
Mm. Wages are not credited as a gift, but as an obligation. So if you seek to be justified by your works, your reward is no longer a gift, but is an obligation. It is because of your works. However, to the one who does not work, but trusts God, who justifies the word ungodly. Oh, my goodness. There's a certain people who are justified by God because they trust in God. He says, their faith is credited as righteousness. Their faith is what? Credited as righteousness. There's two categories of people here. Justification by works and justification by faith. Now, if you seek to be justified by your works, it is an obligation. It is a struggle. It is fleshy. Matter of fact, it is impossible. It says, but to the one who does not work, but trusts God, who justifies the ungodly, their faith, is credited as what? Righteousness. This is why David said the same thing when he speaks of the blessedness of the one to whom God credits righteousness apart from works. That's why he mentioned that statement. Blessed are those whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord will never count against them. Hmm. It's such a blessing because imagine if you were guilty of a sin of an offense and you are condemned to death by the judge. And then all of a sudden, another young man comes and says, oh, no, 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 no. Do not credit death to him. Put that death on me. Let him go scot-free. Okay, yes. He says, do not count his sin or his offense against him. Count it on me. Count it against me. Let him go free. That is a blessing. That is a blessing of what? Life. When your death is replaced by life, it's a blessing. Isn't that right? This is why the scripture says, Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord will never count against them. Why, why would the Lord not count sin against you? Why? Because of faith in God. Wow. Verse 10, it says, Under what circumstances was it credited? Was it after he was circumcised or before? It was not after, but before. And he received circumcision as a sign, a seal of the righteousness that he had by faith while he was still uncircumcised. So then he is the father of all who believe but have not been circumcised in order that righteousness might be credited to them. Mm. So Abraham became the father of faith. And if I will say that or put it that way, like the scripture says, he is the father of all who believe but have not been circumcised. So this righteousness comes by believing in God. He is then also the father of the circumcised. 
So basically saying your circumcision or your lack of circumcision is not what makes you righteous. Because that is a work. You cannot be you cannot be justified by works. It is your belief in God, whether you're circumcised or not. It is your belief in God that earns you, that credits you that righteousness. Because it is by faith. And something that is by faith cannot be of works. So then Abraham is the father of the circumcised, who not only are circumcised, but also follow in the footsteps of the faith that our father Abraham had before he was circumcised. Mm. Wow. So, folks, we therefore we therefore see that righteousness that we speak of here comes by faith. That is why Jesus is saying, "Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness." You see why the persecution comes is because the enemy or the persecutor cannot understand how you can be justified and declared righteous. The persecutor cannot see the reason why you can be forgiven your sins and not condemned. The persecutor cannot understand or handle why. How come God is not going to impute sin on this man or this woman? The persecutor is confused. The persecutor is confused and the enemy, which is the author of confusion, the devil, he's going to have a field day with this one. He goes, yeah, he's, you see, you see, he deserves to be died. He deserves to be died. He deserves to be deaded. He deserves to be killed. If I could use those words, he deserves to be died. He deserves to be dead. He deserves to be deaded. He deserves to be killed. He deserves to be punished. He deserves to, how come he's not being punished? The enemy begins to put poisons in your heart, in the heart of the persecutor, to persecute him. Persecute him. Yeah, persecute him. Persecute him. See, he he, he didn't get any, any reward for, for all his wickedness. He did persecute him. Persecute him. Do you see why people are going to persecute? The Bible says a time will come that people will kill you. You see, many of you will be betrayed by your very own family members. Your very own brothers and sisters. Matter of fact, Jesus said, the enemy of a man are those of his household. Now, when he says, you'll be persecuted by your... It's not every person, okay? It's not every of your brethren or your brothers or sisters or your family members that are going to... It is those that have allowed the devil to use them. It is those that have, what, have allowed the devil to use them because the devil is going to try to use a lot of people. This is why Jesus said to walk in love. Walk in love. Keep my commandments. Walk in love. There's a reason why God gave these commandments. Because when you disobey God, you are allowing the devil to use you. And he can only make the situation worse. His commandments said, do not return evil for evil. Do you know what? Return evil for evil. Don't pay evil for evil. If you repay evil for evil, you are setting up a chain reaction. The devil goes to your persecutor. You see, he just returned evil to you. See, you have to pay him back. And you pay back. And the devil goes back to the persecutor. 
you have to return evil. You see, he's, he or she is not of God. He, he knows he or she is not of God. And now he pushes you to repay evil. And it's the chain reaction that keeps on going and going and going. That is why God said, forgive. Forgive. Pray for those who persecute you. He says, love your enemies. Them that despitefully use you, pray for them. Now the enemy is going to tempt you in these. Remember we talked about it. The enemy will tempt you. He's going to tempt you. Try to make you disobey God. <laughs> He's going to formulate situation. And sometimes God allows this to happen. That is why the Bible says, pray lest you fall into temptation. That's why the Bible says, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. And then he went on to say, Do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. It's interesting because the scripture says that the, Jesus was led of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. Jesus was what? Led of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. You see, sometimes God has to allow the temptation. But Jesus said we should pray. Do not lead us to temptation. Because it is an opportunity for you to disobey God. <laughs> temptation is an opportunity for you to disobey God. And also another opportunity for you to obey God. Shall I say that again? Temptation is an opportunity for you to disobey God or obey God. So, when you're placed in a situation where you have to either obey God or disobey God, it's a temptation. When you find yourself in a situation where you have to either obey God or disobey God, it's a temptation. The devil is the one that comes to present that situation. Remember in the Garden of Eden, did God really say you shouldn't eat the tree? It's tempting them, tempting them of their obedience to God or not. He wanted to test them or tempt them if they will obey God, keep God's word that says don't touch or eat, or he will, or they will disobey, and they disobeyed. That's why the Bible calls the devil the tempter, the accuser of the brethren. So, brethren, you are going to be tempted. The devil does the temptation. That is why it's necessary to pray. And fast. When you fast and pray, you connect yourself with God to, 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 to give you direct messages and words. And you condition your, your, you put your flesh under subjection because the devil uses your flesh. Your flesh would hate against making amends and seeking peace. Your flesh will fight your spirit. Your flesh will wage a war against your spirit saying, no, we cannot make peace. No, we cannot forgive. No, we cannot give. No, we cannot. No, we cannot. No, you cannot. Your spirit is willing to make peace. Your spirit is willing to forgive. Your spirit is willing to do the right thing. But your flesh says no. The devil knows this, so he tempts you with your flesh. He put the situation right there and forces you to make a decision on the spot. That is the devil at work. Guess what? God allowed it. Sometimes God allowed us to know if you really love him. If you're going to obey his commandments. Because he said, if you love me, obey my commandments. If you love me, 
keep my commandments. Folks, let me be honest. Sometimes it is hard. Sometimes it is hard. It is a difficult situation. That is why it's called persecution. Persecution is not a delicious word. <laughs> persecution is a painful term. Persecution can be hurtful. Persecution can be punishment. Persecution can be very, very painful. Matter of fact, the disciples in the in New Testament, in the days in the early uh, days of the early church, they were persecuted. How? Many of them were killed. Many of them were burned at the stake. Many of them were chased. Why? Because of their righteousness. Because they have a message of good news. The message of the gospel of the kingdom said, you have been forgiven. The Lord has accepted you back. Come back to God. The message of the good news. That's why it's called the good news. Because your sins are no longer imputed against you if you believe if you believe in Jesus if you believe in the finished work of Christ works of Christ see the message of of of, of uh, the kingdom the, the good news of the gospel is is good news because it takes away the burden of sin it takes away the burden of having to pay for your sins it takes away the burden of death it takes away the burden of pain of poverty of destruction of persecution of of, of sicknesses and diseases. Jesus said in the book of Luke chapter 4 verse 18, He said, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. And He has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. So the poor people need the good news of the kingdom. Those that have been held captive, captive in their mind, captive in their thoughts, they need the gospel of the kingdom. They need the good news. They need the gospel. Those that are lame, those that are sick, those that are... They need the gospel. This is why the end has not come yet. Because the gospel of the kingdom has not been preached like he said. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached into every nation as a testimony against them. Then shall the end come. Folks, that is the stage we are in. The gospel of the kingdom is being propagated. The gospel of righteousness of the kingdom. Jesus said, blessed are the poor in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who do hunger and taste after righteousness for they shall be filled. Righteousness is to be sought after. Righteousness is to be pursued. Righteousness is to be desired. Righteousness is good. But it comes with persecution. It comes with... <laughs> you, thought, you thought you was going to go scot-free? Oh, no, no. The devil ain't going to let you just go scot-free. Read the scripture, folks. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, Jesus said. It's a blessing that has a temporary suffering. It's a blessing that comes with a package of suffering. But the package of suffering is what brings the blessing. Because you are being persecuted for something that was right. You are being persecuted for your righteousness, for God declaring you free. 
for God declaring you what free. He said, yours is the kingdom of heaven. Jesus said, I didn't come to abolish the law of the prophet. I came to fulfill them. This is how you must live now. Forgive, love, pray for your enemies. Do these things. Do not lust. Do these things. It's my commandment. Keep them. If you decide to seek these things, righteousness, peace, it will come with persecution. But you are blessed for the persecution. He said, blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me, he said. People are going to say all kinds of evil against you, folks. I mean, get ready. It's only the beginning. People are going to say all kinds of evil against you. They're going to call you a false prophet. They're going to call you Beelzebub. They're going to call you evil. They're going to say you're a pretender. But the Lord knows the heart. He said, rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. Hallelujah. Look what he said. He said, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. It's not new, Jesus said. It's nothing new. It's nothing new. The Bible says that Zechariah was speared through at the altar. Zechariah was murdered at the altar. He was killed at the altar. Antipas, Jesus said, my faithful servant Antipas, my murderer, was murdered. These people were killed. You know what's interesting now? People think the persecution is only when you're, you're killed or your head is cut off. No, persecution comes in various forms. Matter of fact, Jesus said, You've heard that he was told that I shall not murder. He said, But whosoever is angry with a brother or sister shall be subject to the judgment, just like murder. He said, You've already committed murder with your anger. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. If you are angry with your brother or sister, you're committing murder. It's the same, according to Jesus. It's the same. So, you don't necessarily have to be pierced through with a sword physically or beheaded or shot or killed to be experiencing murder. The hate, the enmity, the anger that comes from your enemies or your those that persecute you is murder. Jesus said, a time is coming when people will think they are doing God a service by murdering you, by committing all sorts of atrocities against you, by persecuting you. They're going to think that they are doing God a service. Many people's minds are being polluted, folks. Many people's minds are being infiltrated. The enemy is working on the minds of a lot of people. Do not let yourself be a tool of the enemy. But remember, you will be persecuted for righteousness. Oh, yes, you will. Your righteousness will be attractive to persecution. Why not? The people cannot handle the fact that your sins have been forgiven. 
They cannot handle the fact that you have been justified. This is why the persecution comes. The persecution comes because the people are angry and upset. There's another portion of the scripture. It says, do good to those who hate you. Matter of fact, give them. By doing so, you are heaping coals of fire on their head. Think about this. It's very uncomfortable to have coals of fire poured on your head. It's very uncomfortable to have coals of fire poured on your head. So you're being good to your enemy or to people that persecute you. It's like heaping coals of fire on their head. You see why they can be very, very uncomfortable. It'll be difficult to live with you. It'll be difficult. Their persecution will grow stronger if they allow the devil to keep using them. So, what is my advice to you? Get ready. Pray, lest you fall into temptation. Pray. But Jesus said to rejoice. Rejoice when you're persecuted, he said. Wow, this is, am- this is amazing. This is amazing, folks. Look at what it says in Matthew chapter 5. He said from verse 9, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. Are you a peacemaker? Or are you a troublemaker? Are you a peacemaker or are you a troublemaker? Which of these have you categorized yourself in? The book of Proverbs said, It is better to live in a desert than with a quarrelsome wife. Some women have become quarrelsome in their households. They have become troublemakers. Instead of peacemakers. If you have become a troublemaker in your household. Why? Because of righteousness. Because if you sought after peace, you won't be a troublemaker. Look at what he said. Blessed are the peacemakers. For they will be called what? The children of God. If you want to be called a child of God, you be a peacemaker. Not a troublemaker. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you. And persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Look at what Jesus said. said, Rejoice and be glad. This is awesome. Because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Go ahead and rejoice folks. 